0: Here is the situation, folks. This week, we have another edition of Drive Through Conversations, the series where we talk to emerging and established artists about their inspirations, aspirations, and creative career. Our special guest today is the incredibly talented architectural photographer, Jeremy Warshawski. He is an artist, visionary, homeowner, and loyal book reader. So buckle up for this conversation because this is the Parking Lot Podcast with your friends, Kate Latimer, Maggie Prince, Elise Bailey, and myself, Elliot Chenetta. So park your butts and open your ears because this is going to be a wild ride.
1: Jeremy Warshawski is a visual artist based in Toronto, Canada. His recent work examines the tensions between humans and their environment, conceptual notions of landscape, history and architecture, and urban issues related to the built form. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Environmental Biology from Queen's University and a Master's of Fine Arts from Ryerson University. He chaired the Marketing and Design Committee for the annual DocNow Festival and has exhibited works throughout southern Ontario. His images have appeared in publications such as Architectural Digest, fashion magazine the globe and mail and the toronto star we are so honored and happy to have you here on the podcast welcome to parking lot welcome snaps all around snaps all around Mm -hmm. um i want to start by asking jeremy how do we know each other
2: well uh we met in our master's program uh masters of fine arts in documentary media Correct. Check. <laughs>
3: you got that one right.
2: Yay! <laughs> uh,
1: what was your first impression of me?
2: Mm. Oh my god, that's a great question. I honestly can't remember. Uh, I thought Didn't you make were
1: an impression I'm so forgettable.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I remember thinking you were cool, and I remember we became quick friends because we started hanging out with Sarah, uh, another one of our friends in the program. Pretty soon, like early on in the program, yeah. I think. yeah.
1: Well, my, I instantly like loved you and Sarah, and it was like you two were best friends, mm-hmm. and and I was like, it is my goal in life to be break brought into this friendship, <laughs> 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 yeah, to break them up. I no, do- to be brought in to the friendship, and I think you guys like took me under your wing. You were so, um, you were both like so charismatic and like smart and together. And I was just like, I just, I like, I'd walk into class and I remember this. I'd have like, I'd like assess where you guys were and I'd be like, I I need to be near them. It was,
3: it was like, (laughs) it was wild. That kid that like pulls up a chair where there's clearly no space. I was like, (laughs) what are we doing
0: today,
2: guys? That's (laughs) so flattering. Thank you. I, i I'm honored. That's really lovely. Good.
1: Not freaked out.
2: No, not at all. I mean, I've known you for like five or six years now. So yeah, that's I've, true. Yeah.
1: Um. How do you know Elise and Elliot?
2: Um. I met Elliot like two weeks ago outside oh, of 401 right. Richmond. Yeah. I really?
1: forgot about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very briefly. How did you, briefly. you know? Uh, Kate was with him. Oh. <laughs> I was like Jeremy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you <Yeah. Ellie? laughs> yeah. By any chance, know Kate and Maggie?
0: Yeah, they're inside.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Small um, world. I was actually—I uh, doing... show them
1: pictures of you every day. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my friend that I wiggled my way into his friendship with Sarah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, I was doing a—I was doing a screen printing class at Open Studio. Oh, that's For so cool. the past like month with a friend of mine, and I happened to be leaving, and Kate and Ellie were outside.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Elise Damn. was inside, and I you met um,
3: Elise tonight.
1: I did. Wow.
2: Yeah.
3: What did you screen print?
2: Um, I did like a like a like a allium print. Uh, so different, like like garlic and onions and things like that.
3: Nice. Is wow. that what an allium is? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I, was oh. Like, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I hope you explain that word.
2: We're all like, yeah, we know, yeah, 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 yeah. Aluminium, we know cool. <laughs> yes, the metals of uh, the world, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah.
1: So. Okay. We'll talk about that more after. Um, (laughs) I want to start at the beginning, like um, high school era, Jeremy, Mm. what were you, because you went into environmental biology. So what were you thinking about in high school and what were you interested in?
2: So, I mean, that's, I think about this all the time, actually. So great question, Kate.
1: Thank you. Um,
2: But in high school, I went to like a very limited high school in terms of like, class availability like you know when I talk to people now I, people are like oh we had shop and like auto shop and like music and all mm-hmm. these things and I was like oh my god yeah,
0: blacksmithing yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. where like, did you
3: go tap uh, dance
2: I went to uh, chat it's like a Hebrew day school mm. um in like North York or whatever so chill you know it was like they it was you know you did a lot of Hebrew classes so they didn't have shop there no <laughs> I mean, Jews are known for their woodworking <laughs> carpentry. skills, <laughs> yeah. carpentry skills. Yes, Jesus' mm-hmm. father. Uh, exactly. One. Yeah, The OG carpenter.
0: <laughs> the carpenter. Yeah. Um,
2: so it was like just a weirdly like limited school for those things. Um, I think they were, uh, yeah, so I ended up doing sciences because I was like, I don't want to do anything else they offered. We had like literally like one art class and it was called art. Um, <laughs> and then we had drama, which I did in grade nine and grade 11. Mm. um and I just like I think it was like you know any other sort of profession beyond like sciences just didn't like occur to me Mm -hmm. um and so I studied I studied like environmental biology at university and like I loved it like I still love biology but I think I was just like I don't know I don't really want to do this you know like Mm -hmm. I um it's like especially academia is like just so unpalatable to me um and I didn't really know what I wanted to do in biology aside from that. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I, I think it informs a lot of my work today, so I'm not, I'm not upset with my decision. But then I also am like envious of people who got to do an undergrad in arts and you got to do like like painting and screen printing and like pottery and, and like figure out like what, you know, what yeah. you wanted to do.
1: But it sounds like you're kind of doing your own education in that sense. And everything else has been built off of this like fundamental foundation. Yeah. I of mean I science. Yeah. Which you wouldn't necessarily teach yourself in your spare time.
2: No, I don't think whereas you're I
1: do. going to like printmaking <laughs> classes.
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna like sit reading like journal articles uh, <laughs> like regularly. But um yeah, I I I guess I like always photographed and it was something I always really enjoyed doing. I think it was also because it was, it's like an easy medium to do kind of like on the side. You you don't need a lot of equipment, right? You have your camera and like a computer Mm -hmm. and (laughs) your eyeballs (laughs) um, and your fingers to (laughs) press the shutter. Um, And so I think it was like, I just kind of would take my camera with me when I went places and really enjoyed it.
1: When did you uh, start doing that?
2: Uh, I want to say well i do remember my first camera that i really want it was a fujifilm like like bronze colored 35 millimeter film camera Mm. that my mom bought me at promenade mall when i was like i don't know like 10 or like 12 or something like that and i remember being obsessed with it don't know where it is now which is really sad like i wish i still had it Um, So I remember really enjoying photography with that. And then my sister had like a joy cam, which was that like, you know, the instant, Mm -hmm. um, like, like Polaroid type thing, like modern Polaroid thing or whatever. And I also really loved that. Um, And then I want to say like sometime in high school, I probably got like a crappy point and shoot. And um, yeah, it was like a Sony point and shoot when I went away on a trip and I like loved taking photos. And then I think I got my first, DSLR, I want it, it's probably like first year. I would say it's probably first year,
1: and that's when it got serious.
2: Yeah, because I, you know, because then you have like room to do it th- right? You yeah. have room to explore, like your shutter speed and yeah. like your your aperture and all those things, and and you just have a lot more freedom in what you do. And also, I think with you know like photography going digital and like everyone had a computer, it became more accessible to like kind of explore like editing programs and things like that in your spare time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So once you graduated from your undergrad, what what were you doing at that point? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> really, I didn't uh, having
2: know that. an existential crisis. Really? Uh, yeah, I I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was like, oh, I'll work. I actually was working at a gourmet hot dog stand mm. in Nathan Phillips Square. Nice. What? Yeah,
3: <laughs> like the blue truck with the guy that yells at you. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What do you want? I, w- I wish. <laughs> there was this like, you know, there was this like gourmet food market on, I think it was like Tuesdays and Thursdays in Nathan Phillips Square for the office workers in the area or whatever. Um, and I I was I was also doing some catering work and I met the chef through the catering work who was like, I have a hot dog stand. Do you want to work with me? And so I did. And uh, that was the first time I tried kimchi, which is very mm. funny. Yeah, they had a hot dog with kimchi on it um and so I really I like had no idea what I wanted to do um and I did a photography course um uh with a dance and theater photographer and she was like do you want to be my assistant and then I was like yeah okay I'll do that like this sounds like fun you know I didn't really have any uh like any like real ambitions in photography um and then she shot like for the national ballet and like Mervish and sort of like all these theaters and like the Stratford festival and stuff. And so I just like started working with her for um, a few years and that's when I was like, Oh, maybe I could actually do this uh like on my own or like as a career or something. So, wow, yeah, I kind of like fell into it a little bit. It came, I like did that course in the summer, like at like a good time, you know, yeah. when I like mm-hmm. didn't know what I wanted to do.
1: And that just you know, shaped that. your career direction from there.
2: Yeah, totally. After that I was like, Oh yeah, I'm into this. And then, People were like, oh, will you do, like, headshots for me? Or, oh, will you shoot my birthday party or whatever, you know? Yeah. So
1: So then when did you decide to get your master's?
2: Mm, So, um, oh, that was... I mean, I, a year before I did it, no. <laughs> when I applied for it. Uh,
1: That's how it was for me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what should I do? I guess I'll get a master's. That's how probably everyone came to the program. Yeah. I think. What next? I yeah. don't fucking know. Yeah, I guess I'll <laughs> study and yeah. stuff. Um, I think I was, you know, I wanted to do more creative work, and I felt like I needed some theoretical program to, like, feel legitimate in some way. Uh, which, you know, on one hand I'm like, that's stupid. But on the other hand, I did learn a lot. And I, you know, like some of the people I met, I very like close with, and I'm still friends with them, Kate. Um, (laughs) and you know, I do ultimately like, I'm happy I did it, but I wish I, I I wish I did it for different reasons, even if I came out of it feeling good about Mm -hmm. the experience of doing it, you know?
1: So it was a program that was divided into film and photography. So you and I were in different, there were 20 of us. You were in in the photography side. So I feel like we had different experiences of the program. Like I went into it think with no experience thinking this was going to start my career, which I guess in a way it did, but sort of like by happenstance. But for you who already sort of had a career in the field who was just looking for like a next step what was like what did you want out of it and what was it in reality
2: huh um I guess like yeah I guess like some legitimacy to my practice and my I think my practice before that was pretty commercial in the sense that like most of what I did was like for pay I guess like I had my own projects that I worked on but I didn't know how to I guess like like further them or like show them or like what I was doing there. Like I felt like there was a limitation on my personal work that I I, I like wanted to improve on in some way or like push past. Um and also I was just like, oh, how can I do photography without doing like studying it at all? You know? Um which looking back now is stupid because like like theoretical like arts degrees are helpful like to a certain extent in Mm -hmm. like the creative field right so um and especially for like some of the work I do now I do think it's informed by that but like you know I I think like my intuition potentially could have been like enough but Totally. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think maybe a, a good way to put it also is I was looking for like some guidance in that that field, like in photography or like in my creative yeah. work as well. Because
1: for me, I was also looking for like a access to gear and b like discipline in mm-hmm. some sort mm-hmm. of structure of how to like learn and have to produce something at the end of it. And for you, I, discipline never seemed like the issue. Like you were. I don't know. I like watching you from the outside. You seemed like you were very much like getting very specific. You knew what you wanted out of each moment. And we're and we're getting you were like searching for the experience you wanted was Mm. how it seemed from the outside.
2: That's interesting. I don't don't know know how it felt on the inside. I don't know. I mean, like maybe I mean, I think I I think I was never confused about what interested me in my work. I definitely, so m- maybe in that sense, I had direction. Like right. I know what my interests are and like what I wanted to explore, but I don't think I knew what I was going to do after the program. You know? Right. Yeah.
1: um When you apply to the program, you have to pitch what your thesis project is going to be. Did you, what did you pitch?
2: Probably some like stupid building project. I don't know, <laughs> like some like weird architectural Thing which I guess I like Isn't kind that of your ended, bread and butter. I was gonna say I like kind of ended up doing that at <laughs> yeah. the end, so like maybe
1: <laughs> you came full circle. It
2: came full circle, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah, I can't uh, honestly. I can't remember fully, but
1: yeah. I um want to take a a little detour to talk about one of the professors there who was sort of iconic and a hero to. Both you and me, and everyone. (laughs) Uh, And I asked him to be my thesis advisor, and he he turned me down. (laughs) Do you remember that (laughs) over email? Anyway, um, can you? I don't want to say his name, but there was a professor who taught a media writing course and was sort of like a founder of the the program in general. And you guys were very close. Um, And I just wanted to, what was what was he like for you as a mentor during that program?
2: Oh right, he was the best, like i'm i mean I, I as you obviously know, like he's just like the
1: can sw- you describe him
2: uh, he's like a old man, mm. but like mm. <laughs> okay. I can see it he, yes, yes, I can see old, it, um, but like the like most gentle he's like a the human incarnation of like a golden retriever, but like so intelligent and just like. Like everything out of his mouth was like so thought out and sincere, and like there wasn't an ounce of like um like you know, like ego ego or like yeah, like pretension bullshit. Mm. bullshit in his like anything he did, you know, even when there was like a conflict or anything, he was nothing but like honest and just like just so lovely, just i yeah, I don't even like how would you describe him,
1: yeah, similar, I mean, he was such a. I've never met anyone like him and I don't think I ever will, but he was, it was like a, it's what I imagine like a religious person, like who's enlightened (laughs) would, that's the vibe he gives off. Like everything just kind of connects for him, but in his brains thinking he's thinking about narrative on a very specific level. And he's so generous with how he's, he's like, he saw every student as this like, just untapped potential. So he was going to give everyone everything that he had. Like he'd come in at 5am to like clean the classrooms because he wanted to make sure the environment was right. And he had like a verbal tick where he'd do this, like, "Mm, I can't, I can't quite (laughs) do it, but it was so, I don't know how to describe. Like, how it was dirty just so were your
3: classrooms between classes? Not dirty.
1: It was like a, <laughs> was a normal grass. Like, it was our own space. Every morning, I'd yeah. come in and
2: clean it. No, well, there was like one night we had a party that one got. Well, there were. I mean, I'm. We had a lot of parties, but there was one night that we made a little bit of a mess, and that's true. It was a bit of a disaster. Was
1: that the night Cynthia stole a TV? <laughs>
2: Uh, what? No.
1: No. <laughs> bleep? Did it bleep? Who? Bleep. bleep? <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall her.
2: Um, yeah. And he, like, and he, I think he had that because He was so, he was such like a nervous, like public speaker. Yeah. Which is crazy because like we all were literally hanging off of every word that he said all the time. And I, he never said anything that wasn't intelligent. And like, he could be like, weirdly like dry and funny but like without trying to be but like so clever yeah 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 but yeah he's obviously was like so like he I learned so much from him not only like about photography and just like art and like everything in general but just like how to be like a nice human and to like you know and how to just like like be in the world as like yeah. a human. You know? How did
3: he like shape your next steps once you graduated? Did you kind of take a lot of what you learned and apply it to what you wanted to do next? Mm-hmm. Did he have a lot of influence on that?
2: That's a good question. Um yeah, I mean, he definitely like pushed me to continue exploring. And I still like I'll I'll be working on like a personal project and I'll be like thinking about what he might think what say or like what he might think about it. Um, I've shown him a few things since, um, our program, but you know, he retired very sadly, like I think last year or the year before. Did he finally
1: retire? Yeah.
2: I think he finally retired. Um, and I sadly haven't like messaged him over COVID. It was on my mind a few weeks ago. (laughs) I
1: assumed you were still in touch with him.
2: We, we like
1: weekly dinners <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god I wish um no I always like wanted to be closer with him it's funny I think we had a really good relationship for you sure did.
1: he did a class where we like wrote a, we made a book together oh and you best. you guys designed it um what did you write for that book do you remember
2: uh there were three the like the first semester yeah for uh, the, the writing class yes. we did, right? Media yeah. media writing um, there were three assignments I remember. And I can't remember the first one, but the second one was I think like a shorter like memoir piece or like Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, um, where you could
1: like write about anything really.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. Um I wrote about my cousin passed away the summer before the program. So I wrote about him and how so he got married and then passed away like 10 days later. Oh, wow. And Gosh. I wrote about how I had taken all these photos at the wedding because I wanted to make them like a book to celebrate. I was like, I can't afford a gift for you or like a good gift, you know, obviously like, I feel like my parents gave a gift and my name went on it, you know, Mm -hmm, like that kind of, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I'll take photos and I'll make you a book or whatever. And so um, they had like flowers at the wedding and I saved them and I like pressed them. Um, And I wrote a piece about how after he passed away, I was like, I have all these photos that I'm like, what am I going to do with these? Like, this is the weirdest thing to have now. And I held these like pressed flowers. Um, And so I wrote a piece about like the weirdness of like having photos that like no longer have like any significance or like, or sorry, don't have, not that they don't have significance, but they don't have the same like meaning or intention than when you Mm -hmm, took them. Right. Um, And I include, I think I included uh, some like images of the flowers, like scans of the flowers as well.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds piece. familiar.
2: Yeah. Oh. Um, what did you write?
1: Um, what did I write? I wrote this like pilgrimage my parents took me on to go see a Le Corbusier <gasps> monastery in La Tourette. Oh
2: my god. Amazing. And I
1: I had like a a wild experience the first time I saw that. Yeah. Um, so I just it was like like I just wrote about this like spiritual experience seeing this architecture for the first time
2: so I do I remember that um now that you say it I I remember it having an effect on me because the summer after um our first year or like our the first year of our program um I was in France and um a friend of ours in um uh Marseille took us to one of his buildings um I don't remember which one it is but it was like the sort of taller apartment building um that had like a I mean he had a lot of principles but it had like a whole kind of like city in it there was like the doctor's office and the shop or whatever That's um so cool. and I remember like he designed like all the lights for mm-hmm. it and like it was just the coolest thing ever but and I remember being like oh this is the architect that like Kate wrote about
1: because <laughs> he's uh, he's crazy because he uh, the way he designs like he there's the perfect proportion of a of a man based on like I don't know, like Michelangelo came up with the the golden spiral thingy. Exactly. So he built this monastery to those proportions and the monks who stay there are like, they've taken a vow of silence. So, and it's an active monastery. So when you're like walking through and it's brutalist architecture, so there's, the windows are like very sparse and there's, it's mostly concrete. And, uh, you walk through and you see these monks sort of like the bedrooms are like perfect to their dimensions, but it's Whoa. almost like a cell, and so it's just it's really. I feel like all of his buildings, like the form matches the um the like intention of the space oh, in definitely. a very specific way.
2: Yeah, you said that really beautifully.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you about your thesis project because it's one of my favorite things. Um, and Ever. <laughs> Ever, no qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, how did? When did you get the idea? And well, can you can describe what it is and how you got the idea?
2: Oh my god, like no, because uh, I can do it. Uh, <laughs> because if not, I saved your artist statement, and, and I, I will wear read it, it at it. night. And <laughs> I will read it right now. Um, yeah, so. I was really interested in, wow, my God, it sounds so nerdy when I talk about it now. Um, I was really interested in, or as Kate read at the beginning, I'm interested in um, human interaction with like landscape and the natural world. Um, And so it's like a, it's a exploration of the portlands um, in Toronto, which I found to be just like a really interesting site. Historically, um, it used to be like a marshland and you know, then it was a sort of like heavily polluted industrial space, and now it's being like, I don't know, revitalized, or um, I was gonna say like it's being renovated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rejuvenated. <laughs> reju- <Gentrified>. reju- reju- <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's being gentrified. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're like, you know, renaturalizing all these areas, and obviously there's gonna be like a lot of probably condo construction and things like that. Um, but at the same time, um, it's sort of this space, because uh, I, I found Toronto's really disconnected from its waterfront, and it's sort of this like, you know, this like point where the Don Valley enters into Lake Ontario. And so I think like as a, as a point in space in the city, it's kind of like this point where like the East meets the West of the city and like the North meets the South. And so I was really fascinated by that. And so I had started by just like going to take photos and I was doing these like photo collages, which were kind of like boring to be honest. Um, And then I remember someone in our program, Byron, um, he was like, Oh, I have a drone. Like, do you want to, uh, which now I'm talking about this it was very illegal what we did. Um, <laughs> but he's like, I have this drone. Do you want maybe some drone shots? And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And I started to think about it. And I was like, Oh, how can I use these drone shots? Because I'm always really interested in like showing a photo with like, you know, like very many perspectives, I guess, and views and things that just like really interests me. Um, and so we, I remember, we went down and we shot this building and we shot like the roof and then I shot the sides of it and so i was actually this was the first time i was actually able to like show like an entire building and it w- it was a very boring building like it was just like a big box store you know oh like, it's
3: on your website isn't it yeah, yeah i yeah. saw that yeah
2: um and so it's you know just like a warehouse building it's like square or like rectangular like one story type thing um but it was just so it was like so satisfying and so exactly what I wanted to do like with the space and then I just kind of went from there and we started exploring like all the features and things that I could show these various perspectives through um and I tried to kind of imbue that with like you know these like all the other ideas that were going on like with the environment and like um over the years like how the site has changed Mm -hmm. um so that was it
1: that was a really good description. Thank you. <laughs> Would you um, add anything? Um, I don't know. I, well, I mean, to me, what the way you were playing with, um, like in classic, like Ed Pertinsky style, the way you were playing with scale was really impressive to me. And the fact that it was like, it looked at first glance, like normal landscape photography. And then it, as soon as you got closer, you realized, there was like something else was going on. Like it was the way you manipulated the photographs were like, you were telling a story through your, um, through the, like your style uh, and like the choices you made. I just thought there was, um, it like, it looked deceptively simple. And then like the, the more time you spent with it and the closer you got, the more you realized there was, there was a lot that was trying to be said with the the photography. Cool. Yeah. Um, what was the process of putting on the show because for an mfa you have to have a public show and it's a lot of work
2: yeah it was an intense process um i think you know made more intense because i mean as much as you did have help from the profs i think when you're when you're putting on a show at a gallery um you're generally working with like a curator and a lot of that stuff and cost and things are obviously like fronted by the gallery. I mean, actually I shouldn't say that. I guess if you rent a space and you put on your show, you're kind of doing all of that, but yeah, um, it was a lot, you know, like you have to mm-hmm. sort of think about, you know, you've spent a year and a half working on this project that mm-hmm. lives kind of, I guess in like a digital space and, or like in this like void. Um, and then you're like, Oh, I have to like, print this and you're like oh how big am I going like what paper am I doing am I gonna frame it you know like how am I gonna hang it on the wall like how big you know just like all these things that come up um and it kind of it has to make sense with the work as well right it's not you're just like we'll do like an eight by ten and like hang ten of them you know um which is yeah There's just like it's like there's all these possibilities which are really exciting but then they're sort of like No rules. So you're kind of like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed with like everything that has to go on in the space, right? I
1: remember uh because we'd have like meetings where we were planning the the festival and the photography side of it was so there were so many elements I didn't like know about or know to think about. Like gels, you have to you have to put descriptions of all the work on the wall, and that's like a very special process. And everything has to be framed and you have to figure out who's printing it and you want to figure out like what color color and paper you're putting on like it's it's just it's um I feel like film all of the work is in the the like getting it to the final product and photography it's like there's a third of the work that's going on after yeah totally. you have your final image yeah.
2: I mean they're just like they're just totally different mediums you know like just your whole workflow is so different and mm-hmm. like y- there's so many steps in both but like yeah I guess I guess just yeah, like when you're presenting photography, it's like there's so much to think about, yeah, when you're doing it, yeah.
1: So I wanted to ask a question because so after, at some point you started work, did you work as an archivist at some point after you graduated? Did, yeah. Can you, okay, this is a two part process question <laughs> because I want to know what that job was like. But then I you, your family home burned down. Yeah, shortly before we started the program.
2: Yeah, I think it was uh, like the April before we started.
1: So I feel yeah. like I I was that process of having like all of your family memories kind of gone. I feel like in some way, archiving is like a reaction to everything, like. I don't know. Something about the that fire really just stuck with me because I. It's one of my worst fears to have everything, like all the family memories, and to be sort of erased overnight. Um, it, am I reaching? Do you think they're at all connected?
2: I don't know. I mean, that's a a fascinating question. I think. Um, I wonder if. I honestly have no idea. I'm gonna be honest. I have no idea, and I, and I enough. don't and I don't want to
1: reach like and, reach pretend, and yeah.
2: pretend. But like, yeah, I don't know. Um, it it is very weird, like losing all your stuff mm-hmm. because you know you always hear that like old adage where they're like, "It's just stuff," and like everyone got out alive or whatever, you know? Yeah, which everyone did, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it's like you're still like oh, wow, like I grew up here and like, you know, all these things I've like existed around for so long that you for sure like have attachments to um, are like gone or like destroyed or whatever. Um, So I potentially there could be something in like the permanence of like an archive that was really interesting. But
1: yeah, I it's not know. like an active thing you're thinking about. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know if like I was scarred by the experience and then I was like, I need to work in an mm-hmm. archive to like make it was up like a for. trauma. B- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I think Traumas. you were traumatized by it. I think you were. Uh, what was working in the archive like?
2: <laughs> it was crazy. This was I. I still look back on this and like I. So I remember Dylan. Um, uh, Dylan's my partner. Uh, when I was working there, I would try and describe to him what it was like. Um, And so I was working at the, um, the, can I say the name? Uh It was at the Archive of Modern Conflict. And so it's like a pretty wild art collection. Um, But I remember trying to describe to Dylan just like what these rooms were like (laughs) and just like the variety of things that were in the collection and just like how much of it there was. Like we had everything from like this collection of like silver spoons from like the like you know like medieval times or whatever to like like pen, like fancy pens to like all this crazy photography from like various world wars or whatever mm-hmm. it's just like the breadth of it was like pretty wild um and i got to like work with like archiving those materials and it was very cool to see sort of the like processes that went into it um and just like how a place like that operates and mm-hmm. how it gets translated into like you know like a a book or like a project by various like artists or things like that um and it's just wild like some of the stuff that I got to see was so cool what like, does I it still... take
3: to archive like if you could quickly go through like a day in your work what would that be like
2: yeah so um some of it is you know making sure that the materials are like in like a space that they're not going to deteriorate so that's mm-hmm. you know like a properly humid environment are you human environment or temperature and those kinds of things um and then the other thing was a lot of the archive like wasn't um like on the so to say on the computer but like <laughs> digital uh so That's,
3: you're not wrong yeah
2: <laughs> i'm starting that i decided um no longer digital on the computer um and uh so a lot of it truly was like sitting there scanning like mm-hmm. photos and things um and stuff like that and like you know and then like putting it away so that we can then find it again and stuff mm-hmm. like that um or like going through materials and deciding potentially whether or not this is something that is worth like archiving or saving yeah um uh so yeah it was a lot of like menial tasks just mm-hmm. like very repetitive kind of like oh look another like world war 2 photo oh look right. another airplane from <laughs> world war 2 photo um so there's a lot of that stuff, but then you come across something that you're like, "Whoa!" Like one of the craziest things I saw, and I still remember this. Um, it was uh, the wanted poster for Osama bin Laden. From it was like '97. I think he bombed. He bombed. Um, did he bomb the World Trade Center? Whatever. He. Uh, I don't. They
3: drove like a van into the basement. Maybe that was okay. Maybe yeah. it was
2: after that, and it was like a, the FBI put out a wanted poster, and there was like an original wanted poster from like 97 before 9-11 and I was like I got like chills when I saw it I was like whoa this is so crazy. crazy it was I was like this is the, weird, the craziest thing I've ever touched Wow! in my life.
3: This is a little off topic, but where was the Wanted poster circulated? Like was somebody at a mall and was like, oh yeah, I saw that guy the other day. He was in fucking Blue Notes buying jeans. I thought like, you were
0: about to say off topic, but how do I get that poster? <laughs> it's uh, funny, I also thought that. Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, I guess you could probably like print one off the internet, but like, I'm assuming this was like original because it was like, stored in like a box and plastic and all this stuff i just Mm -hmm. wonder
3: where that was posted like who were they like hey have have you seen have you seen this gentleman he's wanted on
2: the milk carton (laughs) maybe it was the airport (laughs) have you seen this guy (laughs) (laughs) Call crime
3: stoppers yeah (laughs) was there ever an instance where somebody like discarded something that ended up being very important
2: Oh my God! I don't know, but that would be fascinating. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened, right? Like yes. oh, oh this this like napkin that, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Chagall paint like drew a cartoon on or something. It's mm-hmm. yeah. like, A-choo. I don't know. This That's piece of Pope's <laughs> napkin. Yeah. yeah. This piece
3: of wood that Jesus's dad made.
2: <laughs>
0: oh my God! This ugly rocking horse yeah. that Jesus put together. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy named Jesus.
1: i wanted to ask you about your architectural photography Mm -hmm. um the sort of the
3: photography of interiors and exteriors but like restoration hardware level where i'm like that is a place i'll never be i'll never get to live i don't know her but i love it
1: crazy (laughs) like very normal locations but the houses are anyway
2: that's actually a thing that i've noticed about toronto compare or like i'm sure this exists elsewhere but like the facades are like so simple then you like walk inside the homes and you're like what is happening here yes. it's like a very like understated city architecturally probably because of its like single family home proliferation yes mm-hmm. and they're all like very old homes right? and everything's so, like,
3: a heritage yes. site
2: yeah totally yeah <laughs> um, everything's heritage <laughs> so how did
3: you
1: get into that and uh yeah how did you get into that
2: so um this <laughs> the sister of the dance and theater photographer that I worked with was is an architectural photographer. I don't know if she's still doing it.
3: That's crazy, sorry. Both so like one sister was a dance and music photographer and the other one was yeah. architecture. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Proud cool. parents. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so many very
1: specific photographers. Yeah, right uh,
2: well you gotta have a niche, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. <Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she also needed an assistant. And so I started just assisting her as well i i was basically like doing the work and like shooting it and like setting stuff up and then like doing all the editing and i was like i can do this by myself um and so i did
3: <laughs> very smart
2: yeah yeah how Truly did you like find it
3: clients like how how does architectural photography work does, does someone reach out to you and is like hey i have this space do you do that
2: well i am for hire in toronto new york and la so um, (laughs) please see my website please dm DM. uh uh yeah so normally i'll most of the stuff i do is for architects and designers um i work for like a few developers i guess um most of it is for their portfolios Mm -hmm. um so website you know instagram that kind of stuff which Mm -hmm. is i think how a lot of creatives get work now like Instagram and like social media and stuff like that. Um, and so most of it's for that. Um, and also, um, uh, to like be in a magazine or like on like certain design blogs and stuff, you have to come with photos and submit to like the magazine with like a project that you've worked on. And so a lot of the cost, um, for that obviously falls on the designers and stuff now. So I usually work with them. Um, we shoot the project, um, and then they'll submit to you know the press or wherever it goes, um, Instagram things like that. Yeah.
1: What's the process of actually shooting the building? Like, how many times do you go? What's the prep for it?
2: Usually, it's like in a day, um, mm. and you yeah. just
1: stay for a long time because you have different times a day. Until it's done. <laughs> Until <laughs> it's done. Sometimes uh, the sun moves. It's
2: Crazy. <laughs> I hear it like crosses the sky once a day or something like that. Um. I mean, there's a couple things. So you know, I ideally it happens in a day where. I'll go early. Um, A lot of the time, I'll scout out the location, Um, and the the thing I go back for most is probably exteriors, just because like, you know, you want it at certain times of day Mm -hmm. or certain lighting and things like that, depending on the direction it's facing or Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Um, But most of the interiors happen in a day. Um, A lot of the time, you kind of have to just take what natural lighting you get. In the sense, like if it's a cloudy day, you kind of just have to be like, okay, we're doing this because you know, you're you've scheduled to do this time with the architect um the photographer the people who own the property Mm -hmm. um you know maybe they've had it cleaned or they bought flowers or stay yeah Yeah. all that kind of stuff so you kind of just do it when you do it right um and so part that's kind of part of the fun is like a a space is so different in like overcast than it is in daylight and stuff and you Mm -hmm. kind of like have to work with what you're given um again i do have like you know lights and strobes that you can supplement with but that's sort of part of the fun that's what I really like about it is like you're kind of you kind of have to work with what you're given and like Mm -hmm. make it look as good as it can Mm -hmm. and find you know these really interesting moments that show off the whole like design ethos in like your photos right yeah yeah so we'll normally you know I'll we'll get there and I'll like we'll do like a walk around kind of and I'll we'll plan the shoot like throughout the day to just see like, oh, the sun will be here kind of in the afternoon. Maybe we'll shoot that at that time in the day and we should start here for this reason or whatever. Um, And then we just go like room to room, basically.
1: I mean, they are beautiful photographs that are like, I I don't know, more than the sum of their parts there. It's really it seems almost like like classical the composition it feels like mm. old
3: school paintings
1: except in modern photography
3: is yeah. how it feels to me when you mentioned too about how like Toronto's so discreet about those interiors like as I was looking through your portfolio I was like there's no way that's on Sororan <laughs> Avenue <laughs> it's like what are you talking that's about so true. I was like oh I guess it just must be like a common word in other places and then I realized oh no these are these are in Toronto that's insane yeah but it's just like yeah it feels so almost like unattainable where we are yeah very and beautiful. I feel like this is one of your passions—is
1: architecture. Like you know, you oh, read yeah. the architecture magazines and blogs. Like you know all the Toronto firms, you know all the architects. Um, how is that? Does it feel like a hobby to you that side of it, like knowing everything that's going on in that world? Um,
2: I, like kind of a little bit. I, I'm I am very fascinated in design in general. Obviously, mm-hmm. as you said, um, I think. You know, part of just like knowing the people and like what's going on is partly because I have an interest in architecture. And also I do know Mm. a lot of architects and things. So you just like hear from talking to like your friends and things like that. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a hobby but I you know, like, I just want to know more details. I need it. Um, if
1: he, it's still, it's just work that brings you joy. Yeah. Like, I, lo- like I love architecture, right? Mm-hmm. Like as, yeah.
2: as your dad could speak to, like it's just something he, it's like, you know, it's like loving painting or photography or things. It's just another like medium to really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's nothing like, oh, like when you walk into a space, I don't know when you walk into like a really amazing, like building or space or you mm-hmm. see something and you're just like, wow like this is just such an an out-of-body experience yeah and like that's good that's good architecture right like you you walk into somewhere and you're like oh whoa this is wild. do you
1: have we asked this of an architect we had on the podcast do you have a favorite toronto uh building or space to walk into
0: mm. or out of <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, well, wouldn't that be my least favorite space? Yeah, to, to
1: get to the street.
3: Uh,
0: oh, Tell
1: us a... both your least favorite and your favorite.
0: That feeling you get when you leave a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> so full,
2: yeah.
3: So sad. Oh man, I
2: did have a and w a few days ago. That because I have the veggie burgers. I was like so nauseous afterwards, so that was a really good space. It to didn't leave. sit well. There you go. <laughs> no, and every other time I've had it, I've been like, "Love this, best thing I've eaten mm. all day." Yeah.
3: How does uh, biology and your degree influence how you view architecture and your photography?
2: Um, if at all, I think, I think it influences my worldview in general. I love calling myself this because, like. I don't know, like, in Darwin's time they did, but, like, I very much consider myself a naturalist. Mm.
3: Um, Mitochondria. (laughs) mm,
2: The Galapagos (laughs) Uh, Yeah, only those two things are natural. The
3: powerhouse of the cell. (laughs) The powerhouse
2: of the cell. Um, Yeah, I would say, like, I consider myself a naturalist. I'm just, like, really fascinated by, like, the natural world and, like, the sciences in general and, Mm -hmm. like, how our world functions or like how it exists and functions and things like that by God. Um, <laughs> and so I think, I think Fill I, in. <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't, I probably couldn't articulate to you how mm-hmm. that would like affect my overall practice, but I would very much, I think that's a core sort of like part of my personality, I would say, um, in terms of my personal work as Kate read at the beginning of this podcast, I'm very interested in ha- in the human, like, I hate using this term natural because I think everything we do is natural but the human natural environment um and like wh- where those two kind of like mm. mesh or come up against each other mm-hmm. is like a really key thing in a lot of my personal work. Um even yeah not even the stuff I'm kind of working on now it comes up in that.
1: What are you working on now?
2: Oh wow, great question. <laughs> Thank <Kate>. you.
1: <laughs> Thanks for feeding me that <laughs> segue. <Segway>.
2: Um <laughs> Oh man, a couple of things. Um, I'm working on this one project. I I really love trees, um, and because you're a naturalist, because I'm a naturalist. <laughs>
0: um,
2: Maple, and, am I right? <laughs> I'd consider myself an oak, more so. <laughs> oh yeah, wait, great question. If you were a tree, what tree would you oh, be?
3: I don't think I know enough about trees. Birch
0: tree. Why?
3: What's a birch tree? Because like, what does it look like? That's the first like? one that
0: popped to my head. <laughs> Um I don't know. Uh I went to this uh overnight sleepover, overnight sleepover camp. Um Classic. and it was uh everyone was kind of divided. Separated into like groups <laughs> of different like uh was, I don't know it was like red, yellow, green, and blue, and we had like a tree attached to our names. And was I was it part scouts? of that.
3: Oh, you and Maggie talk about this yeah, all the time. Yeah, she went to the same
0: camp, and you and guys I was are in like the... you're the
3: Oka Oka Hagen or whatever. Kucha Yeah, a word that makes no sense. And I was
0: in the Birch group.
3: Mm-hmm. Ah, is Kuchiching a type of tree?
0: I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a type of camp.
3: <laughs> oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so you related
2: to that tree? Yeah.
0: It's, it's ingrained in me. You
1: do kind of seem like a a birch tree. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't. I don't question it.
2: Kind of like fair skinned and like spindly. <laughs> yeah. 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 White, tall. Yeah. yeah. And very fast
0: growing. Mm. Exactly. Strong roots. Yeah. Very strong roots. Deep, deep roots. Deep roots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does
1: well in winter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: Elise. Um, yeah. Is a ficus a type of tree? Ficus. ficus yeah. yeah.
0: Ficus. That's the that's the fig family. Yeah. yeah. You
1: relate to like a, a house plant. Sure.
0: Like a fern.
3: Mm. Yeah. Cape. <laughs> <Kate>? mm. <laughs> I didn't think about it. If I, I said like I'd Japanese answer. cherry blossom, I feel like everybody would be like, shut the fuck
2: up. So. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you <laughs> what kind of tree you feel the most like. Yeah. Thank if you. you're okay.
1: a Japanese cherry blossom, let it be. Thank you. I appreciate I that. I want to be. Um,
2: it's not what you want to be, Kate. It's what you are.
1: I don't know what I am, but what I aspire to be is um a weeping willow. Uh, oh,
3: because I like their...
2: Not the romping willow? Not the
0: whomping willow? No, guys. What's that from? Harry, Harry
2: Potter. Potter. Oh, thank you.
3: Uh, <laughs> You're like, I love those. I have one in my backyard.
1: Um, I like the branches.
2: <laughs> They're like very the dramatic. Branches. The branches. They're so beautiful. Yeah, if for those of... Because you can't see, Kate... Took her arms and stuck them outwards, and then like angled them. down I was the tree. She was the tree. She's part of a robot move. It's part of
3: trap salsa. The
1: branches.
2: Branches. That's part of the salsa. What tree are
1: you? Mm, Was passive aggressive.
2: (laughs) I think I would be a silver maple.
3: Oh, sounds pretty.
2: Because, um, they're very like in the sun they have like a very like I mean silver maple they're very like silvery and kind of like floaty maple ma- um but also because um I feel like maples are kind of like generic but like silver maples are a bit like more unique generic mm-hmm. I'm generic but like a little bit unique yeah I'm yeah, like special yeah. to like my mom right you, know.
1: <laughs> you have like a yellow jacket year. Yeah, yeah I have to look this up
2: <laughs> All, yeah also they just like I think they're real like
1: I love that yeah I think there are a lot of silver maples on my because they kind of like glimmer in the mm-hmm. they're green right yeah yeah, yeah yeah and they just like do look they beautiful in the wind
0: do they produce silver maple syrup mm. yes okay perfect
3: <laughs> they kind of look like a weed leaf.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, what's your tree project?
2: So, um, I I don't know where it's going, and it's I, I would say like honestly hard to describe, but because
1: um, you have you been working on this one for a while. Uh, It's been
2: I I started it Like a little bit Before COVID COVID's been weird I felt so unmotivated To Mm -hmm. like do anything As Mm -hmm. I think Everybody feels Very similarly So it's been I haven't done too much Or I've It's been intermittent I would say
1: We don't know What you're talking about We started a podcast Right We're really moving
2: (laughs) You are just Zipping through life Um, That sounded really shady But it (laughs) I didn't mean it To be I swear Um, So if 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 you call this A podcast Yeah (laughs)
3: <laughs> just flying through life
2: who listens to this truly? <laughs> um, with our
1: trap music in the background
2: yeah um so i'm i'm taking trees uh obviously as you know i love a good photoshop and i'm cutting out pieces and moving them around um and then i'm actually i started like sewing um the photos and like adding like embroidery to it oh wow um and it's really fun to explore like another medium Mm -hmm. um i i've i mean i've like sewed a couple things in my life or whatever but i've never really like embroidered anything and so there's a lot that has to go with like you know like what what like line weight are you gonna use or like where are you gonna like are you gonna poke it through the top or pull it from the bottom or like Mm. what color are you gonna use like that kind of stuff so and like and then obviously like what am i trying to do with each piece like am i is it trying to be kind of like feathery or is it trying to be really like rigid or what so it's really fun to like take photography and honestly the photo part is probably like the the weakest part of it I would say like I'm literally just like taking a photo of a tree yeah right um taking it to photoshop and like kind of doing some things to it but like the part that takes a long time is like the embroidery stuff so yeah um it weirdly feels like it fits with my like other work, like my like yeah, it feels like all composite. very
1: uh, cohesive. Yeah, yeah. Even that we did a Contact Festival entry is like a, a group. Oh my god, yeah. And your photo was you took a maple leaf and yeah. watched it and watched it age
2: for, for 150 like, days. Yeah,
1: 150 <laughs> yeah. days. I
2: took a photo every day. Uh, it was so good. Yeah. My favorite part about that project. um it was a Norway maple, which was an invasive species, but mm. it's become. We did that in response to the 150, like the Canada 150 anniversary. Yeah, but it was a Norway maple, which is not native, and it it's like as an immigrant. Obviously, the leaf is like such an iconic like symbol of Canadian identity. So it's very much a questioning of that.
3: Layered, layer, layer. Your trees. Yes. You're I, saying a lot. Is yeah. there such a thing as being native to Canada? No.
1: <laughs> I also wanted to talk about. Is this, I guess, like the latest chapter of you working in a bookshop, bookstore? Yeah. Because when I think of you, I think of you having like very distinct interests of like food, architecture, photography, books. So can we talk about like your book life? How did you get this job (laughs) and how are you finding it? And I'm I'm jealous. Very
2: jealous. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone who I talk to who reads is like, I'm so jealous. And then I'm like, it's not at all what you think it is. It is literally- But I also
1: never want to work a retail job again. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's very much a retail job. It's a good retail job. Yes. Um, so this was because like COVID's been slow. Um, construction's been weird and just like. You know we i was wasn't comfortable going into spaces and we weren't going into spaces and um and a friend of mine uh he works at penguin and he's friends with the owners of this bookstore and they needed help um like in the bookstore they needed someone and i wanted something kind of like consistent um which is really good to have like as a freelancer right like it's so yeah i mean your income is basically like so erratic and Mm -hmm. you're just like when am i gonna make money next like you know, it's like if you have a, I have like a decent client list and stuff that I work with regularly. So I've been really lucky that it's, I've been, you know, stable, but I kind of just wanted something um,
1: more stable in the pandemic. Yeah, more yes. stable
2: to like get out of my house more regularly, um, which was like the best part about it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I it's fun. Do
1: you define yourself? Do you feel like an extrovert?
2: No, not oh. at all. I didn't know that. Yeah. I probably spend like 90% of my time alone.
1: But when you are with other people, you're like.
2: Uh, I'm outgoing. I would say I'm I'm outgoing. Right. But I do, I think to spend time with people and to want to be around them, I have to really like them and want to be around them. Right. Um, So talking to
1: random strangers isn't necessarily like invigorating for you.
2: No, it's very taxing. Right. Um, as much as I might enjoy it like I do like talking about books and like I'll, most of the people that come in are really lovely and great to talk to but um, yeah it's fun I get like a sick book discount which
1: is... <laughs> what's your discount uh, two
2: for one I can you talk say, about it here it's like 40 to 45% depending on the publisher oh my god yeah, amazing <laughs> um <laughs> wow I know. <laughs> I know I have so many books now it's crazy do you yeah
1: um What's a day like for you at the bookshop?
2: Um, it's a lot of uh, like receiving the books from mm. the publisher, mm-hmm. putting them into like our system, which is you know most of it's like relatively automated, which is really good. Um, the books si-
1: come out on a Tuesday, which I only just realized do, yeah. like recently. Yeah, yeah. Is that because it's most
3: like boring day of the week?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. Video games used to come out on Tuesdays. No, they come oh. out on Fridays though. That's the fun day of the week. It's like <laughs> yeah. a
2: movie thing now, you know? Like, yeah. video game. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like new movies are Thursdays though, right? Thursday night. Remember. Yeah. It's, yeah,
0: they just want to, the weekend starts at Thursday <laughs> night now. Yeah.
2: Thursday well, night they, is like,
3: I'm going to line up. Yeah.
2: Oh yes, I did that for all the Harry Potter. Speaking of, <laughs> dropping, well, back well, to well
3: what's up from? Yeah, what's that
2: from? <laughs> I did also did that for the third Lord of the Rings. I saw like at mid. Oh yeah, I saw it at like midnight oh, on the day God. it came out or Good, whatever. Nerd. Yeah, I know.
3: <sighs> Sorry, back to automating book inventory. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, the, so the system that like all these bookstores use is like a DOS based like system. So it's mm-hmm. literally out what of. What does like, that mean? It's like out of the nineties. It's like you can't use a cursor it's like all via the keypad and like arrows oh wow! yeah um is
1: that standard for just bookshops
2: I think it's that the the company that like is the you know the company that makes this program or like maintains this program is sort of just like the best that there is or whatever um and that's sort of just become the standard that like everyone uses at the moment yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so it's a you know you bring the books in and then you like shove all the books and then um, you talk to people about books
0: and sell them books. What happens if there's already a full shelf?
3: I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, "What uh, about the other books?
0: Where do those books go?" Yeah, you move them to the next shelf. Ooh, what if <laughs> th- every time I'm in a bookstore, it looks like every every shelf is full? Yeah,
2: literally half my job is like taking books from overstock and putting them in onto the shelf so that it looks full. Mm. we want we want you to walk in and be like this is an assault assaulting wall of books Mm -hmm.
3: yeah Yeah. that's how i feel i wish sometimes that bookstores had like seven books and it was like (laughs) just just pick one i'd Mm -hmm. be like okay which has the prettiest cover (laughs) which one says like something sad and tragic on it okay i'll take it
2: (laughs) we have a lot of those what
1: what have you been reading do you have to read differently now that you work in a bookstore
2: no, but I, I am expected to know about books. Recent releases? Yeah, mm-hmm. recent releases, um, classics and be able to sort of suggest based on what people like. And a lot of that just comes, I think, from like talking to people and being like, mm-hmm. what have you mm-hmm. liked to read? And if you like this, you might like this. Can we do
1: a little role play?
2: Oh my god, yeah. Can we pretend
1: it. that I'm a customer who wants a book?
2: Yeah, but if this doesn't go well, we're cutting it out. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so I come in and I don't I, I don't know what I want. I'm in the mood for something good
2: okay uh what do you what have you read in the past that you liked
1: um I was really into uh Station Eleven okay um Loved Severance by Ling Ma mm, yeah um I've been reading Convenience Store Woman
0: oh what do you think about it oh
1: fucking I loved it.
2: I think she came out with another
0: book, right? She did. Earthlings. Yeah. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I haven't read it either. Um, There's a big line forming, forming behind you, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah, just excuse read, me, ma'am. Um, <laughs> so can you make a decision?
3: I want to buy this dictionary.
2: But I'm
1: also on the other side of things. I've been reading like Train Dreams by Dennis Johnson.
2: Okay, I don't know him.
1: Oh, really, really good. What's okay. it about? It's about one man's life. He works on the railroad and it's like, it's almost a novella, And but you get like an entire life in 120 pages well,
0: thrilling Ooh, sounds really so good. fun you're not a reader elliot no i'm not nah, yeah i could bored tell of reading the elliot menu.
3: read a lot of instructions this weekend
0: fuck oh my god Ikea. so what
3: would you recommend to yeah. me
1: don't so, don't get distracted by my friends who i didn't bring on your, to this bookstore based
0: on your <laughs> uh
2: suggestions of or your recent reads of like severance and station 11 i would suggest um uh, Moon of the Crusted Snow by Wabashig Rice, oh. and I would po- possibly suggest uh, The Vegetarian. Um, oh, I've read The Vegetarian. You, Loved The
1: Vegetarian. Yeah, see, was that a good? That suggestion? was a great yeah. suggestion. What's was The Vegetarian about? You know who should
0: read The Vegetarian? And W apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know what?
2: Recently, okay, this is so <laughs> random, but I saw someone delivering swish la yesterday, and I was like, I have not had swish in like maybe ten years, and mm. I'm craving it now. What? Yeah. Are
1: like, are you gonna get chicken? Or are you gonna break your?
2: No, I, like I'm not gonna get it. Oh, but, it's but you like, just want I just it. like I like miss it. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I've never
1: yeah. liked Swiss chalet that much, so I can't really.
0: Valid. It's like, but yeah, greasy. Yeah. Like whatever.
1: I just but, don't like the sauce.
0: I think it's great. I love Swiss chalet. Fuck all you people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> chalet Swiss is always on the menu.
1: Wait, what's
3: the vegetarian about?
1: vegetarian's about a woman it's sort of like uh it feels like an acid trip where she decides to become a vegetarian and you just sort of watch her slowly turn into a plant Yep. (laughs) none of these books are really it's
2: great no it's really good it's it's like super weird i don't know you i think there's also i've learned that like not to again, and I don't I don't belittle any book. I think nine out of ninety-nine out of a hundred times someone reading anything is better than not reading. But like Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> glaring at you over here. <laughs> um, but you really find like I think for some there's a very much like a like a literary fiction world. Yes. That like I feel like it's very niche. It's very niche for yes. a lot of books where like you'll describe that to people and they'll be like, what the fuck? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not um, it's not a world where you're like where it's not like a plot driven world. It's like it's yeah. other stuff that's going on. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um,
2: Okay, wait, question. What was the most recent book that you all read that you really liked? Oh, my God. Kate, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, have you read Mouth to Mouth by Antoine Wilson? No. Okay, so I follow this um, podcast. Well, it's a radio show based out of L.A. called Bookworm with Michael Silverblatt. Love it. And he's uh, he's like such an insightful interviewer like he was he's known for he interviewed david foster wallace after an infinite just came out and like got it like knew what was going on and david foster wallace was like who the fuck is this and this is just a consistent thing where writers come on and he reads these books and like understands their truest intention he's like he's like an I'm so an not unheard analytical of reader. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like Neither so mind. not
2: analytical enough, or something like that. No, but like, that so sounds fascinating.
1: It's it's a nice like podcast to listen to. So anyway, he, I read everything um, that he recommends, oh my God, please and he, send that to he it's like a short little book. A, it's like a psychological thriller, but not really. And it's about a guy who saves someone's life who's drowning in the ocean, yeah. and then gets like very attached to this person after they survive and it's this like it follows them and it's uh it's beautiful cool it's, it sounds uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. amazing
2: i might have to borrow that
1: please me. i bought it i bought hardcover for because oh, of oh my god because of michael silverblatt wow my hero
2: wow look at you wow
3: yeah i loved it yeah. <laughs> Luis, uh the last thing i well i haven't finished it yet it's called Nine Eleven in oral history and
2: uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it... why the
0: was because the whole story of reading this book is you watched the nine eleven TV movie documentary, right? Mm-hmm. And I just get a text from Elise saying you have a Kindle, right? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I think so. Why? She's like, they well, they don't print this nine eleven book anymore, and I need to download it on Kindle. <laughs>
3: And I did. <laughs> so you had to hunt for the book. <laughs> yeah. And I got it on Elliot's Kindle and it's pretty much just like a series of like short essays. Like this one uh editor, writer went out and he like interviewed all these people who had these very specific stories from that day and then he kind of like edited them into this one big essay, just like people's recollections of that day. But it's really, uh-huh. really it's like I think it's so fascinating to have these like first hand accounts of people that like were not first responders or were not news people, like or also we're not like, you know, up on the 100th tower or 100th floor. They're just people that were like, I had to take my service dog and get out as fast as I could. And I had no idea what was even happening. Uh, so, yeah, anyways. That no, sounds, sounds great.
0: really fascinating. Like, yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to read all the Harry Potter books this year. And mm. I've started the third one. <laughs> and I'm about 45 <laughs> pages into it. <laughs> and I haven't picked it up in... Maybe three months or whatever. Yeah, it's March 1st. You read it on a (laughs) plane. Yeah, I started (laughs) it on a plane in December, and I haven't picked it up since then. It'll just... You've been busy. I've been busy. I've been making
2: a podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And moving. It's not my fault. Yeah. Well, Well, if you
2: ever want a suggestion... Yeah. Because I find... Like when you're just like when you it's a book that you can't put down is like the best thing ever, you know, and I've never I feel like problem. I feel like there's that book. for you. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not
1: laughs> but where you and I differ is I don't think everyone needs to read. Like, I don't think I don't everyone think
2: everyone needs to read, but I think everyone it. has the potential to read.
1: <laughs>
3: everybody. I, I agree. I think everybody yeah. does have the potential yeah. to read.
1: It. But in the way that like I don't think I'm going to pick up Elliot's Hobbies.
0: What are your hobbies, Elliot? <laughs> 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 um, what are my hobbies? I watch a lot of movies. I play video I games. I like watching movies. I build a lot of Lego. Um, Lego. What else do I do?
3: Annoying. You're annoying.
0: Yeah, I'm annoying full time. <laughs> um,
1: You're a graphic designer. I guess that's not a hobby.
0: No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little, little. I you,
3: you like architecture and interior design? He studied architecture. Oh. Um,
0: yeah um but i do not do any of it for a living i just like to comment on other people's choices um that's
1: a hobby yeah yeah uh. um
0: i don't know it's like i reading is one of those things where i'd always like to have done i just i start <laughs> tense. i start to yeah i've given up <laughs> on it there's no more um i'll start reading and then my mind will just trail off and i'll have to read the same sentence over and over and over again or i just i'm like I could just be watching something or I could be like, I just, it's, it's never clicked for me, but I like, it's someone, I want to get better at writing and I feel like getting better at writing this means I have to read more because I have to totally. learn, learn more that way. So
1: you have good taste in books though. Like for Christmas, he got me, um, that the Wes Anderson French dispatch, oh. the book that was all the New Yorker articles that it was based on. It that's very they made cool. into a book, yeah. And like the A24 zine, zines,
2: zines, <gasps> oh my A24 is like the best production or the best. I guess, are they a production company? What mm-hmm. I, mean, I think so, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the movies they put out are phenomenal. Do
1: you have good taste yeah. in books? Yeah. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just don't follow it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this year, there's still some time.
1: I, I also just not that you need my approval, but I don't think if you don't like to read, there are other things
3: or like fi- i don't know like read
1: magazine There's so many articles yeah there are other mediums, yeah, for other sure. mediums. Like it's
2: not yeah.
3: i like i love a, a wikipedia page with like really <laughs> extensive references like a I'll, really good
2: s- plot summary yeah oh yeah all when need.
3: when i watched station 11 i read like a super detailed like 50 page plot summary but i didn't read the book but i was like oh, okay I, I get it and I, I really love like accumulating information and i love like Listening to knowledge, listening to information, I would listen to like, you know, a five hour YouTube video essay on like why Disneyland has fast passes. Love it. But I, if yeah. you were like, here's a book about the history of Disneyland Fast Passes, I'd be like, mm, pass.
2: I mean, so you do like reading or you do like exploring those things. Yeah. It's just I, I just I can't
1: just sit format. and yeah. read. You very much go down rabbit holes of learning new information mm-hmm. and getting but interested in topics. It all,
0: it all it it has purpose attached to it. It's like directly almost always connected to something else that you're kind of. Occupied with or like focused on as like well, like the 2004
3: right? Boxing Day tsunami. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> wow. Blast. Oh,
2: bad choice of word. Blast from the past. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Really good stuff.
2: Um, the, but like that's really <laughs> that's really interesting. <laughs>
3: It really was a blast
2: <laughs> The Indian
3: Ocean went off
2: <laughs> um, That's really interesting Because I, I have a friend who's sort of like you Where like she'll research the most Like the most random thing will pop up on Instagram And she'll be like what is this world To like explore you know um, And it sort of like comes I mean she also likes to read But it also it com- <laughs> so you but, differ. It's, but it's sort of like she's so fascinated By like like understanding or reading About these like random random Things that come up um, but it's like, like you should just like wouldn't go seek out a book for a lot of them or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's very like, she's, it's, you know, she's in the moment of like wanting to learn about it kind of, which sounds very much like what it is yeah. these, so what
0: sporadic doing. and it is so yeah. random where like one time. Me, Elise, and my brother were all sitting in my my parents' basement. We're just like, what? My dead brother, just put like on some random Netflix documentary on in the background. It's like this race F F one racing car documentary, and we're like talking, talking, not paying attention. All of a sudden, Oliver stops the conversation with my brother, and he's like, "Oh, watch this part." And we all turn and look, and this one car just smashes into this wall, and this guy dies. And Elise was so like, "Who was that? What happened? What's his name?" And then f- the next year. <laughs> And she's just become obsessed with totally. this one person who died in this one crash, Araton Senna. Senna and like, no, nah, I've read. number one. Read, you've read everything. <laughs> everything that there is to know about this man it is absorbed into your brain. I love that for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I love that is such
2: a beautiful story where you're just like, what is this? I'm fascinated by it, and it's now a
0: facet of my personality for mm-hmm. a year.
3: Well, I just think- That's true. To me, like-
0: It got to a point where we were at a game night <laughs> with a bunch of people who have no fucking idea who Sen is, and we're playing some he game- died we in,
3: to- He died in March 11th, 1994.
0: It's so coming, coming oh God. up. God. Yeah. Mark your calendar. We <laughs> yeah, had to play some game about, where you had to pass a around Memorial. a hat, and you like had to read a Sorry, word. Sorry,
3: May 1st. My bad.
0: You had to like pick a a piece of paper out of a hat and read something and like act it out without saying anything. And she wrote down Eraton Senna on this fucking paper. And everyone's like, what does this mean?
3: It was like, like you charades. Don't know? You don't know
1: who that is? How do you
2: not know? He died May 1st.
3: Guys, come on. Get I think it it's
2: together. Just that, like, so uncultured. Tragedy
3: to me is like, it's something that happens at a moment's notice. And it's usually like a great tragedy like that is something that you could never prepare for and is, mm-hmm. but simultaneously inevitable. And I think sometimes like just reading about like what happened up to that moment and then the fallout afterwards. And like, of course the, what if, if that hadn't happened, or what if you had, you know, what if he just turned five seconds earlier that Mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened? That would have been Mm -hmm. an unremarkable day in the rest Mm -hmm. of his life. So I just, something like that always just really, I'm like, wow. And then you learn about this person and you're like, Oh, he was actually like an incredible person like you're like what a not what a waste that sounds bad but just like this person's life and the trajectory of their life and the impact they had on other people would have been so different had this one moment in this one day in this one year in this one month not happened
2: Mm -hmm. you must love like just like generally history like because that's i mean that's history right? that's exactly history it's like random coincidence and chance that like just like altered the course of like so many people's lives. Absolutely.
3: There's a Reddit page I follow. That's like people who've changed the world and you don't even know about it. That like (gasps) people who invented one thing that just changed the course of history or people who made like a horrible decision that had this huge effect like Chernobyl, like, you know, just a series of just kind of oversights that ended up being this huge problem that it's like, well, we do that all the time. You don't Mm. even think about that, but one wrong step. And you've made a historic event.
2: I love that
3: um, Okay my last question for you is um, What would you like to be doing
1: Five years from now What does the future look my like My
2: dad asked me this last week
1: But I mean it in like a non-pressure <laughs> way
2: Oh, <okay. laughs> I mean it in a non-dad way Money's
1: not an object I'm not, not, I'm not object gonna abandon In you. a dream world
2: Oh my goodness um, Honestly um, I, I want to like continue fo- Like doing my photography Like I really really love that Um, I think my creative work though, I'd love to see that expand a little bit to different mediums. Um, part of the reason is I think I've like thought about myself as a photographer for so long that I've, I haven't given myself the opportunity to explore like, I don't know, like printmaking or like pottery Mm. and like how, or just like be creative in general without like feeling like I need to like produce something that's Mm going to be like like sellable or mm-hmm. like put a show together or whatever just like i want to create for the sake of creating more um and i really want to collaborate with people more because i like was talking to cynthia who's like we're we're gonna work on a project together but like just like it's really interesting working with someone and like seeing how they like you know like process ideas and like think about the same thing that you do just really different it's really eye opening and just fun also you know
1: um okay do you have any other questions no
2: no what's your greatest regret oh so many
3: (laughs) so many was it carpet in the bathroom of your house (laughs) uh
2: my greatest regret (laughs) that I didn't, um, I don't know, like study, do like a bachelor's in arts or something. I don't know. It's not really a regret. That's a bad regret because I don't regret that. But you regret.
1: like in a sliding doors situation, you could see your life being.
2: Yeah, very different. But yeah. I also couldn't like see myself at art school. You know, like I don't smoke you cigarettes. You kind of went to art school. La- <laughs>
1: But like, I was there. But, <laughs> but I
2: mean like, you know, like an arts, pro- like a undergrad or right, whatever. Right, right. like Where everyone some... was
1: like searching for who they
0: were. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like there were a lot of like berets <laughs> and like stuff like that, you know? You be, want
3: that, but you don't want
0: that. To be yeah. fair, a lot of people in our high school went to art school afterward and they fucking hated it. So yeah. it seems like you dodged a bullet. Thank I went you.
3: into film production. That's like a form of art school. Yeah. Not a lot of people smoked. But
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't smoke in the studio yeah. So like no, What no, are you no. going to leave your desk? <laughs> Crazy Okay. Um, Wait
3: don't we have to ask him where we can find him? Where
1: can we find you Jeremy? For uh, people who want to know more about you How they can work, work with you And see your work Where can they find you?
2: Well as I said I'm for hire in Toronto, New York, and LA <laughs> And like Paris or something like mm. that um, <laughs> Go to my website uh Jeremy and oh my God, what is my website? <laughs> uh, okay, well, my handle on Instagram, Jeremy A W. Jeremy is spelled with an I E. Jeremy A and W. Jeremy A and W.
3: Veggie burger.
1: Veggie,
2: justice <laughs> uh, for the veggie burger. <laughs> Beyond meat <laughs> veggie burger. And
1: it's JeremyAW.com Jeremy.
2: Jeremyaw.com And my handle on Instagram is Jeremy A W. Wow! Amazing. Nice.
3: Well, thank, thank you for you. coming. Thanks for stopping mm-hmm. by. Yeah.